0: Hey, Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is uh, eight minutes after the hour on this Gary on Guns and this holiday weekend. I hope that uh, your plans haven't all been rained out. And look at the bright side. At least we're not on the East Coast. Uh, Garson is, uh, is in this morning to uh, share some firearms. And you guys have a big tent sale going on uh, just a couple of weeks from now, right? Yes, we do. Well, that's an invitation to... Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> that's an invitation to tell us... Exactly when, and
1: what's going on? Uh, I believe that's the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th.
0: You're right. At- <laughs> Never mind, Garza. Just go out to Graffs.
1: I haven't heard a commercial for it in a while, so I forgot.
2: <laughs> and he works there, folks. It's a shame we don't have someone yeah. here that works for Graffs. Because I'm things. at
1: Graphs working, not listening to the radio, unfortunately.
0: You, you know, they probably have signs up in the store somewhere, but anyway... Dale Roberts is in. Good morning. uh, From the Columbia Police uh, Association. Good morning. Uh, And then uh, Chuck Basie is in, state legislator. Chuck, welcome. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, We're going to start with you because uh, the story is that Governor Parsons said he will not call a special legislative session. To address gun violence in St. Louis and Kansas City, what is that all about? What well, are they trying to
3: do after the recent events in St. Louis? There are some, uh, unfortunately, some some children that were shot and killed uh, with some gun violence, and so the uh, some of the Democrats uh, had called for since we're going to have a special session anyway. Anyway, they they're calling for the governor to uh, add a uh, uh, a session for the uh, some kind of a gun. Uh, issues and uh the the governor denied that I think he did the right thing he said that it's uh something that we should do in regular sessions <laughs> and um, really to to be frank uh if if this would happen all the, the, the nothing would have been accomplished and the democrats would would have just grandstanded on this issue so i'm i'm very proud of the governor for doing what he did and i think he did the right thing so chuck is frank now remember that guys <laughs> he,
0: just, he just said he's he's Frank. Um, what are they? I'm sorry. Oh, oh you know what? We got to just take a, a moment's pause here, because uh, Brandon Rathard is out at Firestone, um, over in the business loop. Does he need a ride or something? No, 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 no. He's giving away a car. <laughs> hey, Brandon,
4: welcome. Thank you, Gary. Brandon Rapid on location today. Firestone Complete Auto Care on the business loop. Couple of cool things. Going to make it worth your while to come by and say hello to Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagles today. Number one, up to 70 bucks off select. Bridgestone Tires, some other deals. Get your car ready for fall. You can do all of that today here at Firestone Complete Auto Care. The other thing, and I really do hope that you will take part in this. I want you to come by and join us. This is part of our Military Monday's Cars for Heroes program, about 930, 945. A hero. could be a veteran, a military family, first responder family. We're going to be giving somebody some reliable transportation. All right. And they they don't know. They know that they're in the interview process, but they don't know that they're getting a vehicle. It's going to be a very cool surprise. 930, 945. Bring your kids to see this happen. I tell you, it's always a cool thing. By the way, we want to thank Welcome Home, Galen's Auto Body. We also want to thank GAPS Automotive Repair Shop and the A.W. Smith Law Firm. Come by and see us. Brandon Rathard. On location, Firestone Complete Auto Care. On the business loop, Hot Talk 93.9, The
0: Eagle. All right, buddy. Thank you. Glad uh, that you're out there doing that. What a great uh, what a great program that is. Uh, and uh, at least once a month on a Saturday, uh, they give a car to a, a veteran uh, who needs some basic transportation. It changes their life. Great. Uh, just a great uh, uh, program that we were part of. Uh, in the meantime, Chuck Basie and I were just chatting about the governor not calling a special session. If the Democrats had gotten a special session, were they trying to write a law that would allow them to write special gun control laws in St. Louis I'm County? sure
3: that uh, would have been a big part of it. The, uh, th- there's nothing more than that many of the Democrats would like than the ability to um, take away the rights of law-abiding citizens. I'm just convinced of that. I think that's a, the wrong thing to do. And uh, as I've said many times before, it's it's not the... The gun that's doing this—it's the person pulling the trigger. So um, uh, they—they they're keep using these phrases uh, that don't make any sense. There's no definition for assault weapons, and that's—that's uh, that's their goal. They just want to see these weapons that look mean uh, taken away from a lot of a lot of people, including myself. So. You know, I—I uh, was—I don't know if you—did you guys listen to Sean Hannity yesterday? I, I
1: thought yesterday bit. was a repeat.
0: Uh. I didn't ask it was a repeat. I asked if you were listening, because if you're not listening... I listened to
1: part of it, but after I figured out it was a repeat, I changed it.
0: We're going to have (laughs) to charge him half. The other guys, Brian, we charge them full for not listening. Okay, I'll write that down. Okay, we'll get their credit card numbers after the show.
1: Do I get a credit for listening to it the first time? Well, no,
0: you get half a credit for not listening to it yesterday. But they were talking about gun control in this... uh, They had two uh, black preachers on there, and one of them uh, was talking about Hawaii. And his argument was that the reason there is a great deal of gun violence in places like Chicago and St. Louis is because people are able to move those guns out of Indiana and Missouri and places like that. And that's the reason for the gun violence. And his example was... And the lack
1: of gun violence in Indiana compared to Chicago. Well, his... his,
0: Because they're moving
1: all that violence into Chicago, right? His
0: example... Yeah, that's... His example was uh, the state of Hawaii. You know, there's just... No way you can drive across the border carrying a gun into Hawaii, and that's why the gun violence in Hawaii is lower than it is in all these other places. And I thought for a minute, well, well damn, he's got a point. That is, that is a barrier. And then I realized that something like, and I don't remember the exact about? number, that oh. 70 or 80% of the gun violence in the United States is limited to about four or five counties. All the rest of the, of the state... The gun violence rate is no different than it is in Hawaii. So his argument, which sounded good, it turns out to be uh, pretty specious. But that was his argument. It was well they, you can't drive you know you can't just drive across the border. But interestingly, as Garson pointed out, uh, you know if just the availability of guns was such a problem. You know, Indiana and Missouri would, you know, the whole states, uh, both these states would be, you know, inundated in gun violence. It's just, it, it is amazing to me the lengths to which they will extrapolate garbage to try and turn it into an argument.
3: Right. Yeah, it's just, it, it is, it's, uh, it, but it's the, the constant drumbeat from uh, many of these Democrats that, uh, I, I have, have no idea what their solution is, but, um, it, it, puzzles me that uh, they try all these other things, like this. I was talking to Dale before the show about the gun buyback program they did a couple of years ago in St. Louis. And um, they're they're planning one in Kansas City. I just heard a clip from the new mayor over there, Quentin Lucas, uh, proposing a gun buyback program again. That's, uh,
2: I don't know. And Chuck, I I just looked at the statute which I think was the result of Senator Jeannie Riddle's uh, work, uh, 571067's Uh, State law regulates how a municipality may do a gun buyback, and it states that any firearms purchased in a gun buyback shall be offered for sale to a licensed firearm dealer. So they're taking guns from (laughs) from poor people giving them some small amount of money for it then selling the guns to a licensed dealer who will take his or her markup because they're in business to make a profit and resell the guns and put them back into distribution again.
1: Well, can I skip the middleman there and just set up a booth like down the road from their yeah. booth and do well, my own buyback?
2: I I would I would like to see you try it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think you should. But <laughs> yes, but I mean it, it, so I mean I like I'm happy with the legislation that Jeannie Riddle got passed or or was a part of. I, I don't know how to appropriately credit that. But the point is, they're not taking the guns out of circulation. circulation. They're, just, they're just taking a markup on them. They're taking them away probably from poor people and then putting them back into circulation again.
0: Speaking of takeaways, gun buybacks. Here are a couple of takeaways. If you have a crappy Saturday night special that's worth nothing, you take it to one of these gun buyback places and you turn it in, you get more money so you can go out and buy a good gun. Good point. Uh, So that doesn't work. Uh, Then on top of that, who is it that's turning in their firearms? Generally speaking, it's people who will never, ever have used them to commit a crime anyway. So you're not stopping violence that way. Uh, I mean, it's just a a complete waste of money. And the other thing, the other takeaway on this is, a lot of times those people who would never use the gun in a crime anyway will turn in some antique, some rare firearm because... It's just a firearm, and they don't know what the value of it is.
1: That happened in Florida. Um, A lady, um, a widower, her husband had a rifle, and she took her gun to a buyback. And it was an experimental Arisaka uh, from World War II. And for some reason, one of the cops that was participating in the buyback recognized it for what it was and saved it from destruction. And they actually tried to get it back to the owner. Because of the historical significance and the value that that, that gun had, um, did he
0: know. get in trouble or she? I don't know.
1: No, I think I think because it got so much attention that they actually just transferred the gun back to her. And wow! Yeah, wow! I was
2: yeah quite surprised at that. But but I think what you're all missing is the number of criminals who will turn in their gun for the fifty dollar coupon of groceries. Um, or not. Uh, I think, I think, on,
3: or not? I think bupkis. Well, a, you, they set these things up, and there's no questions <laughs> asked. So anybody can walk in there with a, a firearm and get a hundred bucks or whatever. They're, yeah. What if well, you no,
0: committed take, a, a murder uh, and you want to get rid of the gun so there's no evidence? Well, you, if there's no questions give it asked, to your buddy. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying these things. There are so many weaknesses well, in the argument.
2: Do you
1: remember that story about gun number seven in England? No. So
0: this right, gun... right, I'll tell you what. Hold on, because I, I want to know that story, but I'm up against a break here. So Garson's going to come back and tell us about gun number seven in England. You're listening to Gary on Guns, The Eagle. Hey, welcome. It is 24 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Let's check in with Brandon Rather He's over at Firestone Complete Automotive on the business loop.
4: Hey, thanks, Gary. Good time today here. Firestone Complete Auto Care on the business loop. Several good deals uh, if you're getting money off, you can get some money off on tires, alignment services, brake services. Definitely worth your while to come by and see what the folks at Firestone Complete Auto Care could do for you. Now, you get onto our website, 939theEagle.com. You want to check out the Military Mondays. banner? This is what we do with Cars for Heroes. We're giving away transportation to folks who are trying to do some things. We want to help them out a little bit. You can help by nominating somebody or even donating a car. And I'd really Really love for you to come by and see us here at firestone complete auto care business loop about 9 30 45. you're going to be awarding some transportation to somebody come by and watch this big thanks to the aw smith law firm galen's auto body repair shop he's done a lot here in town to make this cars for heroes and military mondays program possible welcome home gaps automotive repair shop all working together so we can give some transportation to some of our heroes here in mid-Missouri from Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle.
0: All right, Brandon, thank you. Doing yeoman's work out there. Stop by and uh, say hello to Brandon. Um, it's uh, it's just a, a great thing that uh, that they're doing, or that really uh, uh, all of those people are doing. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we're just uh, about to, to find out from Garson a story from Great Britain. Uh, Chuck Basie is with us, state representatives. Uh, state representative uh, and uh, Dale Roberts is on board as well uh, what what is the story from Britain
1: yeah so um, in England they since I, I guess they have such low gun crime they're able to track a gun's history based on the ballistics so they can recover from crime scenes so um, I was I was wrong it wasn't gun seven it was gun six um, and this BBC article is entitled The Untold Story of Britain's Deadliest Illegal Firearm. Um, this gun had been used in... Um, where is it? Uh, six six murders?
0: Six homicides. Uh, all right, so roughly, anyway. Yeah.
1: So after it was used in a crime, it got transferred to somebody else. So I used the gun in a crime... Got rid of it that way. There's no evidence tying me to the gun, or hopefully, but some of these guys had been caught and imprisoned, and nobody would nobody would, you know, give up where the gun was or who they disposed it to. So the gun got passed around for ten years. Um,
2: Community gun.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, you buy it for a hundred bucks, do your dirty deed, get rid of it for a hundred bucks. You're out no money and got your got your, uh, your mission vendetta. accomplished. Yeah. Um, so. I, I would assume that criminals do the same thing here, get a gun, oh, sure. they, use it in a crime, and then get rid of the evidence that they were involved in that crime. I mean, that would be the smart thing to do if they're smart criminals, I, I would think. Um, I know most criminals aren't smart, or they probably wouldn't be doing what they're doing, but um, so. You know,
0: it's interesting. They got rid of guns, uh, and to the point that you just made, that they were able to trace that firearm. And yet they have a greater murder rate in London than they do in New York City.
2: Oh, yes. And knives, they have a horrible problem with knife crime. Yeah. To the point that they've, they've outlawed, they've tried to outlaw knives. Yeah. About a year or two ago, they enacted some sort of a law restricting who could buy a butcher knife or a meat cleaver because criminals were using those. And it's just, you know, they're, they're chasing their tail. Yeah. Understanding that uh, they may
0: have reduced gun violence, but they have ingre- increased other kinds of violence. And it's to the point where it is actually, uh, they actually have a higher murder rate than New York City does.
1: Yeah, well, when you know your victims don't have guns, that makes it a lot easier for you to assault them in other ways. Sure.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's just, um, the anti-gun people just don't get it.
1: While Um, still being protected with guns themselves.
0: Yeah, well, you heard about the uh, uh, down in New Zealand (laughs) When they just passed that gun confiscation legislation, the drug gang said, "No, we're not turning in ours. We'll become vulnerable."
1: Yeah. Well, you know, there, there's, there's another island that's hard to get to that still has illegal gun trade. Yeah. Um, Australia. Same Australia. Problem. One there. of the
0: one of the one of the leading uh, illegal imports to Australia is guns. I, I, it just doesn't work. And yet they never give up on it. it is, it's so pathetic to me that they don't get it. Let me point something out here before we get too far. Uh, normally I would send you to the Gary on Guns Facebook page. But for some reason, we don't quite have the camera system set up right. So if you want to see uh, how the sausage is made uh, and get to see the firearms that uh, Garson brought in from Graffs, you've got to go to the Gary Nolan show, the weekday show, uh, because for some reason that's where we're hooked up uh, for the video. Oh, is it shared on Gary on Guns now? So people can see it at Gary on Guns. Alright. So you can go to... it. it, Never mind. Just forget everything I just said. (laughs) Brian has fixed it. And uh, it's at uh, Gary on Guns. And now I can... uh, Technology. Go figure. Fix that. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, so the bottom line is gun confiscation just never works. Uh, Prohibition just doesn't work. Uh, and you think we'd have learned that just from the drug war. You know, you, you create all these prohibitions, and it just makes them uh, more expensive to get. Uh, it makes a product um, uh, an underground uh, train to provide whatever it is that's been prohibited. When you've got two willing people in an, in an uh, economic exchange, they're going to find a way to make it happen. Uh, it, and the government is very challenging for the government to get in the middle of that it's very difficult for them to stop that uh, it's one thing if, uh, if I'm stealing your gun it's another thing if you want to sell it and, and, and these uh, these laws just always seem to backfire and they really put law enforcement Dale, in a very difficult situation because they got to get in the middle of that willing transaction right uh, and that strikes me as dangerous Speaking of law enforcement, yes, you and I need to chat after the news uh, and uh, find out about uh, the Columbia Police wanting to audit the city of Columbia. All right. Because I want to find out about that. Yep. So we'll uh, we'll get into that next. You're listening to Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. It is 35 minutes after the hour. Uh, Chuck Basie is in, state legislator. We've got Garson in from Graffs. Dale Roberts is in, CPOA. And uh, we're going to go to the CPOA uh, story next uh, because it's my understanding that the, the, the police department, the, the police officers, want to audit the city of
2: Columbia. I thought, so, I thought the uh, city of Columbia just got audited, didn't they? Not to my knowledge. They do some sort of checkup, accounting of, of things. But uh, the Police Officers Association, the Firefighters Association, and the Columbia Board of Realtors... Each submitted a formal request to the mayor in February of 18, saying we think the city should submit itself to the state auditor for for a performance audit. To our knowledge, it's never been done. And there's a lot of uh, unrest, seemingly, among the citizens about the way City Hall handles money. Now, we are much more comfortable with the way things are going since John Glasscock became city manager. But... You know, we had one councilman say, uh, we don't think the citizens would vote for a tax increase while there is an audit pending. And our response is, I don't think the citizens will vote for a tax increase unless there is an audit. Because I think you need some independent source to prove to the citizens every dollar is being spent properly, every dollar is accounted for, and money is really needed before you go to them with a tax increase.
0: Well, I wouldn't vote for it in any case because I think they already take too much. But at the very least, and this is something nobody does, is they ought to do a study on return on investment. And And I don't want to get into the weekday show and the gun show, but if they're spending, you know, gobs of money to help, you know, five people, right? then then that's a pretty bad return on investment and they should stop spending it. Uh, one of my pet peeves, and again, this is probably better for the weekday show, is the, uh, the Columbia uh, Transportation. The oh, buses. yes. Oh, boy. A failed economic model that hasn't been profitable since the 1950s. Everybody who's of driving age practically has a car. Certainly mom and dad almost always have a car. So how much money are we throwing at public transportation and how many people are actually riding it? Um, And when you boil that down, it's, you know, millions and millions of dollars at federal, state and local level. I would rather they use that money to beef up law enforcement, sure, uh, or uh, or fire protection. Uh, I think those are better uses for the money. Um, so, what's the uh, you know have you gotten a response lately? Well, or uh,
2: the mayor supported the the you know the appropriate nature of having an external performance audit. The council members, when it came up initially, some of them said, "Well, let's just audit one department." Um Some of them said it 's going to cost too much money. The city certainly has the money in its in its account um, but there there has yet to be any formal any movement any decision
0: so are you Are you thinking that if there's uh, are, are you think that the money is being spent illegally or are you thinking there might be some money left over to you know hire more police or
2: well as I said, I and, and I think the officers, the association, we're very comfortable with the way uh, John Glasscock is managing the city. And he's cut expenses in many areas already that the public isn't, wouldn't be aware of. Um, but our concern is there's been ongoing talk about, you know, there may be some, well, let me back up one step. We know the Columbia Police Department desperately needs, the community desperately needs more officers to do the job. We know it's going to cost money that, that the city says it doesn't have. And so people from the community, the last time there was a public safety tax attempted, people from the community came to me and said, look, you know me. You know We both grew up here. You know I support law enforcement, but I will not vote for a tax until I know what the heck's going on with my money at City Hall. And that, that attitude at that time was widespread. And so... If we're ever going to get more officers, which means if the if the city's ever going to make some attempt at increased revenue somewhere, I think before any of that happens, we need to know where's the money going. And as you say, and actually I think a performance audit would suggest, you know, this money is not well invested in this particular program or project. Uh, you know, this money is doing this, this account does well. I mean, the, the, the auditor does a rather thorough um audit of you know what's going on so anyway interesting um uh, 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 you brought another story
0: to the table here uh about a kid who made a video he was uh, is this denver uh
2: it, it it's in colorado I it's honestly loveland didn't, colorado loveland. No.
0: It's, it's not, all right and uh, he was out shooting with the family and made yes. a little video
2: um and he got in all kinds of trouble Yes, he evidently posted a video either on Facebook or YouTube showing a young man. And by looking at the video, I guess he's, you know, an early teenager, maybe um, shooting a handgun at a firearms range, you know, off school property, not on school time. And I was just telling everyone during the break when I watched it, I thought he handled the firearm responsibly and safely and looked like he had, uh, you know, good trigger control and good shot placement. Nevertheless, Uh, In the state of Colorado, there's a web page called safe with the number two tell, probably .org, I think, I don't know. Um, And safe to tell allows people in Colorado to make an anonymous report of anybody who is, and I quote, struggling or hurting. And so someone reported this young man had a gun, therefore he must be hurting. Um, So the school suspended him and sent out a notice. (laughs) The the school sent out a notice, which goes to everyone in the school district, basically everyone in the community, saying that he was a threat. And his mother found out about it when she got the notice that went to everybody else. And and his mother contacted the school and said, the police already looked at this. You know, they are convinced there's no issue. Didn't make any difference. The school suspended him. They would not even allow him to take to have take home schoolwork so he could keep up while he's suspended for some reason i don't know why he can't have his schoolwork um and there will be a hearing this happened about two days ago there will be a hearing next thursday the mother has to appear in front of a board of seven school administrators and she has the burden of proof to convince them that her teenage son is not a threat and should be allowed to come back to school so this is
0: kind of a red flag uh, yes.
2: Yes. Good and, point. And they've just ostracized this
0: kid. Absolutely. Painted him as evil and dangerous, uh, which is probably going to make uh, you know his social life fall right down the porcelain receptacle,
2: and uh, for no reason at all. Right. And he's labeled with having to go through, and I quote, a threat assessment. Excuse me, a threat assessment hearing. So, th- I guess that'll follow him for a while. Unbelievable. Uh, you know the the ramifications of
0: these kinds of feel good rules and laws, and uh, it, it just right. and, nobody
2: and, ever thinks about. Them. And conduct totally unrelated to school work, school property, school hours, whatsoever. You know, I was saying during the break. You know, off duty officers sometimes are held accountable for their off duty. Activities and they're told when they take the job that might happen, but for a school kid, you know, to be held accountable for his activity on a Saturday afternoon with his family, I just well, it doesn't happen often. But I'm speechless. Yeah, (laughs) speechless. Um, The um, the shootout between uh, local law enforcement and other shooters that uh, oh, our handgun match. Yeah, uh, I mean match. Uh, Sunday, September uh, 15th at Green Valley. And I was just saying, we, we received a gift yesterday uh, uh, to add to the prize table from Graff and Sons, which I'm very grateful for. Some really nice 10 by 50 binoculars. Wow. Um, but the match is sold out, as always. We have a waiting list of some people wanting to get in if there's room. Um, Yeah, you know, I have a long list of sponsors. We have uh, food service coming from some folks that catered Chuck's steak dinner fundraiser several weeks ago. Fantastic food from some folks up in Harrisburg, and we're excited and and ready to go. Wow, sounds like so much fun! Absolutely, absolutely. All those great prizes. We invited the governor. They said he's supposed to be out of town that weekend or out of state that weekend, but if not. He might show up. I'm, in fairness, his security folks may be concerned about little, him being around a bunch of strangers with guns, but we're probably the safest crowd he'll ever yeah, encounter.
0: he <laughs> probably be in the safest place he's ever been. All right. Uh, we got a whole bunch more to show you. And, uh, by the way, you can watch what's going on if you go to Gary on Guns. Click on the video. You can kind of see in studio. Uh, Garson has brought in a couple of firearms that I can't wait to take a look at. We'll do that in the next hour. And we should be hearing from Brandon Rathard. Uh He's over at... Uh, Firestone uh, uh, on the business loop. So, you're listening to Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. It is 50, 50, 50 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is Gary on Guns. Uh, let's check in with Brandon Rathard. He's over at Firestone Complete Automotive on the business loop where they are going to give away a car to a veteran to make their life just a little bit easier. Brandon, welcome. How are you?
4: Hey, Gary, thank you for uh, letting us on your uh, show today. Uh, This is really cool. So today we have a couple of couple of different candidates that we're interviewing again this is a, a process this cars for heroes program where we're trying to help folks out with reliable transportation veterans military families first responders their family members just some reliable transportation and there is an interview process we're not just handing these things out all willy-nilly and stuff we're hearing their stories so today actually we've got a couple of candidates that are kind of in the final stages of the interview process come by and see us Nine um we're going to hand the over to some transfer, for some transportation for a veteran, and check this out here: Firestone Complete Auto Care on the business loop, up to seventy bucks, up to a seventy dollars rebate on four Bridgestone tires, sixty dollars savings per axle, and $20 off any lifetime alignment. A lot of things happening here. I want to thank Galen's Auto Body. Welcome home, the A.W. Smith Law Firm and Gaps Automotive Repair Shop. Helping us out. Cars for Heroes. Come by and see us. Firestone Complete Auto Care on the business loop. Hot top, The Eagle. All right, Brandon,
0: thank you. Uh, I am uh, pleased to tell you that we are not alone in studio this morning. Instead of just having to deal with Brian, I get Garson from Graf's. Uh, then uh, we got Chuck Basie, state legislator. He is on board with us this morning. And uh, then uh, Dale is in from the CPOA, the Columbia Police Officers Association. Welcome, all. Um, there is a, a story we're going to chat about a little later in the program uh, about a guy up in Pennsylvania who, and I'll hold my hands up in front of the camera, but try to describe this for everybody. Let me see if I can get that over there a little closer. To, he just did this. He used his thumb and index finger, and uh, he got in trouble legally got in trouble, Uh, but there may be more to the story than it sounds like. So uh, we will have um, uh, an attorney on the program uh, in just uh, about an hour from now, a little less than that, actually, Uh, and uh, he is from org. He comes on the program every Thursday. Uh, He's one of my two favorite attorneys to explain the ins and outs of how a guy could get in trouble using his thumb and index finger uh, like a gun because, well, it's baffling. But he says there's more to it. Uh, so we will uh, check in with Dave Rowland a little later on. The Oregon, school, uh, the Oregon School District Board is asking the village of Oregon to go back to the drawing board with them on a school resource officer agreement for the new school year. The district and the village were at odds over uh, the proposal which would have allowed the police chief to direct the housing of an AR-15 style assault rifle in the high school for safety. More than a dozen parents and citizens spoke out against uh, that facet of the agreement saying there wasn't any evidence to support that having an assault rifle on hand for a resource resource officer made the school any safer. Board member, uh, his name was Tim LeBrun said that at first he believed this was an anti-gun argument. He had set out to find any evidence to show that having a rifle would help. But he said he found no evidence that having that weapon in the school would make any effect. Spokesperson for the Oregon Education Association also read a statement from the organization in opposition of having a semi-automatic weapon housed in the school. Beyond the gun, residents said they had no other issues with the proposed agreement. So, how would you, I mean, who would have a study on having an AR-15 in a school being good or bad one way or the other? Well, you can make things up. (laughs) Well, nobody, he he couldn't find any study. Well, of course not. Nobody's done one. Exactly. Most schools, you know, while it is increasing in number, uh, the schools that will allow concealed carry permit holders that are either on staff uh, or uh, Uh, you know, just members of the community carry on campus. It's relatively small. And certainly having an AR-15 in the school is, you know, not something happening often enough to do a study on. Exactly.
1: Well, I would say that uh, I know the Phoenix uh, F class, or high power rifle team, has their AR-15s at school, but that's a club activity. So... Um, I'm sure they're responsible gun handling young adults.
0: So there is a school that has AR-15s?
1: Um, the Phoenix <laughs> high power team is like one of the winningest high school rifle teams in the country.
0: How many mass shootings have happened there?
1: Uh, I don't believe any. Did, n- nobody? Not a one. Shocking. Not, oh. I mean, not, not against people. I mean, they shoot targets all day long.
0: But nobody has been killed. That's, I see. Yeah. I maybe they Maybe they could do a study. Uh, they can just look at Phoenix, but if the bad guy comes in with an AR-15 and the good guy can get his hands on a similar weapon, you've got a better chance than if he's shooting a, a pistol. Am I right? That's yeah, like fighting right. a
1: fire with a, a handheld extinguisher or a fire truck.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a big. It can make a big difference. It's not to say that you know um, if if there are enough people who are carrying concealed. That they could, couldn't be more than a match for uh, somebody with a rifle. But certainly, you know, if that's uh, a, a weapon, that a defensive weapon that they can get their hands on quickly enough, uh, that really increases
2: the odds that the bad guy goes down. There's a reason police officers carry patrol rifles in their vehicle. And there's a reason school resource officers generally have access to a rifle. And, and it's exactly the issue you're discussing.
0: You know, when I was a kid, uh, a lot of law enforcement, in fact, when I, even when I started attending bar, uh, a lot of police officers came to Nolan's, and, and I got to know a lot of them, and they all had shotguns mounted right on the dashboard. You bet. Um, do they still do that
2: today, or are they all... As far as I know, yes. You you know, they don't have to jump in the trunk. Well, nope. it depends nope.
1: on the department. Some departments will issue a patrol rifle. Other departments will issue patrol shotguns or... I think Columbia does a mix of both. So some officers have
2: shotguns. Some officers some officers have rifles. To, to my knowledge, and I, you know, I'm not an officer. I'm they're hired help, as I always say. Um, the The patrol vehicles have a shotgun mounted, you know, between in, in the in front of the driver's seat, and then many uh, a number of officers are issued patrol rifles, which they might carry in the trunk.
0: When they have that mounted on the dashboard, and, and I've seen this, it's it's standing straight up. How do they
2: disengage that? Is, is it locked somehow? Uh, there's a
1: metal hasp that goes around it,
2: right? And and there's a they they don't really <laughs> they don't talk about how it's released. Okay, well then but we don't we don't need to go into that. It's we, an instant release situation,
0: but it's a safety release of you some bet. kind. So that, all right. Well, that's uh, that's kind of good news. Um, anyway, eight seven four ninety three ninety. the toll-free number is 800-529-5572. I personally would have no problem with uh, a school resource officer having access to uh, an AR-15 uh, while, uh, while defending the students. Give them whatever they need, for God's sakes, they're kids. Yes. Do whatever yeah. you can to protect them. Um... All right, uh, there's another story in the news marching toward gun confiscation. The NRA has the story. Uh, Prohibition advocates release unhinged gun control plan. Uh, Every one of the Democratic candidates have come up with their own gun control plan. It's like part of their religion. It's not as though there's, you know, a couple of them agree, a couple of them don't. Uh, They all agree. It's like
1: part of their platform now. And isn't that what Putin does? Supplant, supplant religion with government? Well, yeah, that's okay. pretty much,
0: yeah. There you go. Pretty accurate. Uh, th- this week, March for Our Lives, the gun control group that arose in the wake of the criminal mass attack in uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, released a lengthy plan outlining its vision for firearms regulations in America. Reduced to its essence, writes the NRA, the plan is to discourage gun ownership through numerous layers of red tape fees and government mandates. Perhaps to their credit, March for Our Lives are more forthcoming in their proposals than disingenuous anti-gun groups who falsely profess commitment to the Second Amendment. Um, No one can come away from reading the entire March for Our Lives plan with anything but the impression that the group Wants to end gun ownership as America currently knows it. Even the anti-gun mass media has to admit it is sweeping, ambitious, and far-reaching. Boasting the Orwellian title of a peace plan for a safer America, the agenda is actually a disarmament plan against law-abiding
2: gun owners. It's... it's Really frightening. And and right along with them, the CEO of a large health provider in New York State came out this last week talking about this public health crisis.
0: And we'll find out what he said. We'll check in with Brandon Rathert. We'll find out the firearms that have been brought in from graphs all in the next hour on the Gary on Gun Show 9390.